Garden Variety is supported by MIMS Financial Services in Iowa City, committed to providing strategic legacy planning to help clients reach their financial goals at all stages in life. Learn about their team and how to get started at MIMSFS.com. This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. What are your plans this weekend? Chances are good you've got a few yard and garden chores you should take care of before it gets really seriously cold. And we've got some expert guides here today. Cindy Haynes is a professor of horticulture at Iowa State University. Hello, Cindy. Good morning. And Aaron Style is here, Iowa State University Extension horticulture specialist. Hello, Aaron. Good morning. So what's on your agenda for the weekend? You what's know, on your list? It, it's, it looks like it's going to be a decent weekend, at least for, for me in central Iowa, to do uh, quite a bit of stuff in that, you know, we had a later start, I feel like, to the cold temperatures this year. Yeah. Um, most of us didn't get a frost until just last week, which is a little bit later than normal. Mm-hmm. Not absurdly but late. But it came but with a, a vengeance. It, like, it was <laughs> abnormally warm and then all of a sudden very, very cold. And I thought, oh, my gosh, there's lots of things I haven't done. Yes. Yes, that's true. Well, thankfully, the soil is an incredible buffer. So uh, even though it got really cold above ground, below ground, just fine. Not a big issue for most plants. So one of the things that I usually wait for is that first frost to knock back my tender perennials, my cannas, my elephant ear, that kind of thing. And boy, it got knocked back very hard (laughs) this this time. Uh, But I uh, just yesterday I was out and I was able to dig up all of my tender perennials. And so I Dig those up, cut the back, the damaged foliage, dig them up, let them kind of dry for a week or two, and then find a good place to store them. Cool and dark, not below freezing, of course, kind of 40s, 50s, root cellar temperatures, root cellar conditions, really. Uh, if you if think only about we that. all had a root cellar. I know, right. But we can envision one. <laughs> right. So, um, and then usually I store mine in either shredded newspaper or some folks really like vermiculite or perlite to right. store theirs in because they need to stay dry, but they can't dry out completely. So you got to find something like that. So that's a really great task if you haven't done that already. Um, my cannas, for example, uh, quadrupled in size this summer. So I have a lot more cannas to plant next year. And even not, even if not all of them make it through this winter, you know, that I lose some of them in storage, I will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody's getting for Christmas from Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These yes. cannabals, are, bulbs are beautiful. Right. So um, those are your tender perennials. Yes. With other perennials, though, you don't need to do nearly as much as some of us do, no. right? You know, <laughs> there was a movement, I don't know, it was at least 30 years ago where we started doing this like clean slate thing in the perennial garden. It was a, There right. was a lot of folks who were really interested in cutting everything back in the fall. Some of it I get. It gets really busy in the spring. And so it, this is a task you could potentially do in the fall. But in reality, our perennials do much better if you just leave the foliage in place. Um, We've heard a lot of talk, too, about benefiting pollinators, and there's not really any research for a garden setting that shows that plants, a garden bed, has an impact on pollinator populations. Can't hurt, though. But really, the thing that I like about it is it helps the plants better over winter. That kind of little blanket of dead leaves that's left over on top of your hostas. Not that hostas have a hard time overwintering, but every little bit can help. 
um, is it, so that's helpful. Plus, it can collect some stuff that's blowing around, so it adds a little bit more of a blanket, like leaves and those kinds of things. But the other thing that's really nice is it's more interesting over the winter right. when you clear everything out of the perennial garden in the fall. There is nothing to look at until things start emerging in early April, maybe late March. Uh, whereas if you leave behind the cone heads of echinacea or the the tall kind of standing grass of your ornamental grasses, even the stuff that you not necessarily think of as as being super ornamental over the winter, I'm thinking about like my Veronica, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not the most noteworthy looking thing, but it certainly is better to see that uh, poking up through the snow than nothing. So um, that alone leaves me. Plus, you know, if I can put it off, why not? Right. <laughs> the, the only thing I'll remove in the perennial garden are those things that have been diseased. So if I have some oh, sure. yeah. some peonies that have powdery mildew or, you know, um, something that had a disease issue, then I'll remove that foliage just to kind of sanitize the area. Yeah. But but you're right. Be, be a little lazy because it is interesting and it actually benefits the plants. Yeah. And I do have one or two things that reseed with a vengeance and so i will cut back that stuff in the fall too so that i don't get quite so much popping up everywhere Uh, i really love that my native columbine uh kind of plants itself all over my shade garden but after a while it gets to be a little much (laughs) and so cutting back some of that can help with that reseeding so I think there's a real movement to do a little less in the mm-hmm. fall in a lot of ways. And we'll talk about leaves here in a moment. But doing a little less can also, as as you were saying, it can protect some perennials. So, I mean, Cindy, do you recommend mulching, doing a little bit just to, to maybe protect those sure. roots? Sure. If there's any kind of newly planted perennials, particularly perennials that you planted late in the season that maybe didn't get a really good root system established. I might mulch, um, put some extra kind of landscape mulch on top of those. Or if there's a tender perennial that that is marginally cold-hardy, then I might mulch on top of that. Um, Sometimes I mulch over where I plant bulbs so that I know where I've planted the bulbs. Yeah. So in the spring. So there's, yeah, I'm always finding some some mulch over some things. Those things that um, aren't rooted well have a tendency to heave in the winter. Um, and those things that are kind of newly planted or marginally hardy. Yeah. A little extra protection for the first couple of years is a good idea. Now, this time of year, we often talk about letting <clears throat> some things um, sort of get some frost experience, like your strawberries, making sure that that they've experienced some cold before you protect them for the winter. Has it been cold enough? It's been, you know, we got that one, uh, it was like maybe one or two days across much of the state where it got down in the mid-20s for a lot of folks. And that's pretty cold. We usually want to see maybe a little bit more extension of that because it got warm again. I mean, relatively speaking, it's not warm. Let's be real. But (laughs) uh, relatively speaking, it did get warmer. And so uh, we want to see kind of at least three better, more like five to seven days of some pretty consistently cool temperatures. Hold off on your strawberries. Yeah. I mean, usually we want to get it done by Thanksgiving. Most years it's around Thanksgiving. And actually mulching most things around that time works really well. Because if Mm -hmm. you do it too early, you can prevent your perennials from going dormant um, potentially. Or they'll go Mm -hmm. dormant later, which can cause problems. I often, my goal is to do it right before the mulch pile freezes. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, late. It's That's fairly late. 
That says something about you. You always have a multiple. Yes, I try anyway. Mm -hmm. I would be be shocked if you didn't, Erin. That's a good thing. What about roses? Is that something we need to be thinking about right now? Um, Hybrid tea roses, we also need to think about them. Um, Most of your shrub roses are hardy, do nothing. They should be fine. But if you have some hybrid tea roses, soil around the base, we can start doing that. Um, And then straw on top. And once again, we usually have that done by Thanksgiving. All right. How about the vegetable garden? Yeah. So we talked a lot about kind of being lazy and leaving stuff sit around. That one spot in our garden where that is not advantageous is the vegetable garden. So we don't really have any native plants in there. So we're not like helping out pollinators by leaving debris there for the most part. Um, And there are many, many pest and disease pressures in the vegetable garden. And we do know that pulling out some of that stuff, in particular for diseases in the fall, can help a lot. So uh, cleaning up those vines from the squash, cleaning up those tomato plants and, and peppers and all of that stuff in the fall, composting it, getting getting it out of the vegetable garden area um, is a good idea. And you can cover the ground with some mulch if you'd like. You could plant a cover crop. It's getting kind of late to plant a cover crop now. But um, manure. Yeah. Now would be the time to spread manure. If you're the kind of gardener that likes to use manure, fall is the best time to do that. Um, And you could till in the fall, too. Some gardeners really like to till a lot of that, uh, the leaf debris that you collect in your garden and manure and some other things in the garden can help the soil warm up faster in the spring, which allows you for earlier planting in the vegetable garden, which can be really nice. I don't till my vegetable garden and that works, too. Um, But if you are the kind of person that likes to till, fall is a good time to do that, too. Now, I I know that farmers have been asked not to till their fields in the fall because of soil loss. Wouldn't you have soil loss in the garden with fall tillage? You could. You could. It depends on if it's a slope. But you think of most homeowner gardens, it's pretty level. It might be in a raised bed. You're not going to lose quite as much in some situations. My yard is very windy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the Lost Hills going on. Um, no, it's it, it kind of it kind of depends. Sometimes I like to till in like that manure just a little bit because um, it's really hard sometimes to do that tilling in the spring because Sorry. it's so wet mm-hmm. usually. So um, it, yeah, it depends. And you don't have to do it every year. So that's the other nice thing. Let's talk about leaves. Uh, that's another place where we've seen a lot of change in how we deal with mm-hmm. leaves. Cindy, how do you deal with your leaves? Um, I try and mow them. Um, so the leaves that fall on my lawn, we mow over them several times. It's so a mulch mulching, them up. Okay. It's a mulching mower. It's an electric mower. So it kind of filters it all in. I have way more leaves than, than that. So I'm still blowing leaves into a pile and putting them on the compost pile too. So in the areas that otherwise I have enough trees and enough leaves that they're blowing all over the neighborhood. So... Um, to be a good neighbor, I compost some of them, and I try and mulch in as much as I can on the lawn. Try not to leave this heavy leaf load on the lawn all right. winter. So the the leaf load could kill your grass or whatever's mm-hmm. underneath it. Mm-hmm. But that mulching, that actually enhances your lawn, right? Right, because it kind of filters in, and it's an, it's an organic um, material. It becomes like a, a fertilizer compost over time. So how do you decide if you need to rake your leaves, Erin? <clears throat> If you can't see the grass, that's when you need to do something yep. about it. And uh, and this is really just for the lawn. 
Um, right. The leaves that fall into my landscape beds, into my perennial borders, unless it's like three foot deep or something crazy, I let that stuff be. It yeah. helps insulate the plants. There's no reason for me to pull the leaves off of the perennial garden, compost them, and then put the compost back on the perennial garden. Let's just leave it there and allow it to compost in place or, or decompose in place. Uh, but if you don't clear the leaves off of your lawn, you will end up with big bare spots in the lawn, which then colonize with weeds. Um, not all those weeds are really beneficial to pollinators. I think about foxtail and crabgrass and those things. Um, and so we want to try to avoid that. So all that's right. why we talk about removing leaves in the lawn so much. But mulching is a great option oh, yeah, it's for way easier. a lot of us. Uh, yeah, I love this trend. Yeah. So much easier. Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist. Cindy Haynes, Professor of Horticulture at Iowa State University. For more gardening information and tips, please subscribe to our Garden Variety Newsletter. You can find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Garden Variety is supported by MIMS Financial Services in Iowa City, committed to providing strategic legacy planning to help clients reach their financial goals at all stages in life. Learn about their team and how to get started at MIMSFS.com. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time. <laughs>